Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. and happy Labor Day, everyone. Uh, This is JC with the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. Today is September 6th, Labor Day, and uh, most of us actually have the day off. Some of us, uh, I'm self-employed, so I sort of halfway take the day off. But um, wanted to do a quick uh, quick podcast today for our listeners just to touch base about a really interesting article that I read uh, just a handful of days ago. And I guess it sort of relates to Labor Day and our jobs and uh, all that goes with that. You know, one of the things that we've talked about on the show, and it's been talked to death about in, you know, uh, government circles, economic circles, and, and so forth throughout the entire region, is the uh, disparity in income between Central Appalachia and other pockets of Appalachia versus the rest of the nation. And... Uh, those statistics, we, we often get those on an annual basis from the Appalachian Regional Commission when they do their annual reports. And we also get an opportunity to see how much of a brain drain is happening in our region, how many people are leaving and going elsewhere uh, for better job opportunities, and how many of those are staying. And the, we get to see the demographics of the aging population. Um, one of the things that we don't get to see directly is uh, a part of income inequality uh, because in the United States that's usually just measured by wages but that's far from the only way that we in America accumulate wealth and I read an interesting article on Bloomberg and I posted this up actually on our Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash support Appalachia and this was really interesting because it showed the uh, part of the income inequality in the nation, but it, but it specifically actually pointed out Appalachia in this article. And usually, when I see that, you know, red flag goes up like, "Oh no, what are, what are they saying about Appalachia?" Um, but a lot of us, a lot of folks in the country, they get uh, additional wealth. I, one of the things I didn't know is uh, you know, income from assets makes up about one fifth of total personal income in the United States. And income from assets, those assets that are uh, included are stocks, rental properties, and interest. Uh, Most Americans actually, according to this article, have few assets beside their primary residence and retirement account. And even though those are usually out of reach uh, for low-income workers. And that's very true because, you know, if you drive around, you know, a lot of of folks here that I know will, you know, if they have a good job, they'll have a health benefits and a 401k uh, or if it's a certain type of job through a hospital or a nonprofit or government it's a 403b and a pension um, but if you take a look at this map that's included in this article 
the accumulation, according to this, and I'm going to read this, uh, the accumulation of assets, of asset wealth, is congregated or concentrated geographically, and the divide between counties with and without significant income from assets has grown exponentially, according to this report by the uh, Inclusive Wealth Building Initiative from the D.C.-based Economic Innovation Group. Between 1969 and 1990, the gap between the top and bottom U.S. counties by average asset income doubled and then increased sixfold between 1990 and 2019, the report finds. According to this, the researchers used data from the Bureau of Economic Analysis and the IRS to measure asset income by county and better understand what they call asset poverty. A concept that's obviously kind of new, not really been well understood, really hasn't been talked about that much. I, I've, I've come across that term maybe a handful of times, and, you know, I work in the financial industry uh, by day, so um, it's, it's kind of a rare term. Over the past few decades, asset income has skyrocketed in many of the county's most prosperous places, even as it stagnated for the bottom 90% of counties. Now, if you want to, I'll toss this out here. Um, we were referred to as an asset desert, uh, believe it or not, in this article. Um, I'm going to find the place where they, here it is, where they specifically mention Appalachia. On a per capita basis, asset holdings are almost non-existent across much of Appalachia, the Midwest, and the Deep South. Meanwhile, the Mountain West has some of the greatest inequality in asset income. For example, Teton County in Wyoming, home of the Jackson Hole Ski Area, has the highest asset income per capita in the U.S. at $164,400. While neighboring, uh, what is this, Uinta County has just uh, $7,100 per capita income. But if you take a look at this map, which was I thought was kind of the uh, kind of the uh, the real the thing that stuck out, you can see this big desert of lack of asset income. And this is one of the things that people, I guess, for a long time have been talking about, discussing. How do we solve this problem? You know the you know the economic disparity problem in Appalachia, and more specifically Central Appalachia. And uh, you know it's. It's a tough thing to do, but this asset income piece made me think that that is actually a very significant part of the puzzle. And often in my line of work, I, I you know, I, I talk to folks that will sometimes ask me, hey, what's your minimum to open up an investment account? And it's kind of tough to answer that because I don't really have a minimum. But sometimes to diversify a portfolio, yeah, the more you have, the better. Right, it makes it makes it a little easier to diversify without putting something, you know, in, into you know one thing and taking a lot of risk. And I think that really kind of makes a lot of people in our region specifically a little bit more nervous because, you know, if somebody doesn't have, you know, ten thousand dollars that they could plop into an investment account to start investing, then they're hesitant to really do much, you know. And you know, I was talking with uh, Dr. Stratton, one of our board members and one of our founders here. The, you know, the thing that I wanted to kind of stress for a lot of folks, if, if you're in a situation like that and you need to invest, whether it's whoever you do it with or you do it on your own, however you do that, um, that that's entirely up to you. Um, 
keep in mind it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And if you don't start saving and investing at some, you know, then because of a you're nervous about a minimum or you're afraid it looks bad if you start with too small of an amount, you're never going to get started. And that's the important thing I like to remind people, you know, when they ask, hey, what's the minimum? Well, the minimum is how, you know, ask yourself, what is your minimum? You know, what what do you want to get started with? And, you know, having some discipline to do, you know, even if, you know, if you don't have a 401k and, uh, you know, think about the little things and expenditures that you could do to save money. So, you know, whether it's saving in something that provides you some interest or open up an investing account and investing in a mutual fund that's, you know, made up of stocks or a combination of stocks and bonds. Uh, or even putting some money down on some real estate to try to generate some income off of that. Those are some things that you know, people, you know, one generation can get started and it makes a big difference a generation down the road. As you leave those assets to your heirs and let those assets build up over, over time. So I think the goal that I want to see a lot of people have is I don't want to see them approach retirement uncomfortably. Um, and nervous about whether you're going to have enough money and nervous about whether Social Security is even going to be there. You know, and in Appalachia specifically, Central Appalachia, uh, you can, from that map, just looking at that, you know, that map, it's, it's blatantly obvious that, yes, we need more people, especially the younger the better, to be able to, uh, you know, to, to take the opportunity to even open up an IRA or a general investing account, even if it's something as small as $1,000. And trying to add a little bit each month, yeah, it makes a world of difference. Ten years, twenty years down the road, uh, and that's advice I wished I had taken when I was twenty years old. Um, because you know, imagine if I'd have started investing a hundred dollars a month at the age of twenty, you know how well my retirement account would look now, um, versus you know how how it is. So you know, it's you know those are things that uh, we certainly need to think about as far as solving the problem of economic disparity in Appalachia, not just, I mean, it's not going to be a problem that's ever going to be solved overnight, but in your life and in the lives of your friends and family, it's an important thing to think about. Do you have any asset generating uh, or income generating assets, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, interest bearing types of, of things like CDs? I know you're not going to find good rates on those right now, but those are, those are some things to think about. Um, so I wanted to bring that article to your attention and just a brief podcast today, it being Labor Day. And I know a lot of folks may be off and have an opportunity to listen to this. And um, as a matter of fact, it's like I said, I'm kind of half off today myself, uh, even though my work phone's open, because these are the times when people have available on days off to actually sit down and think about their portfolio and their planning and uh, consider consider where we are as a whole in central Appalachia. Share that share that piece of information that we just talked about with your friends and family. It is vitally important. And uh, remember, it's not where you start. It's where you finish. You have a goal line out there somewhere. And uh, here in Appalachia, God knows we work hard enough around here. We should certainly strive to meet all those goals and objectives. And uh, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Appalachian Shine. We'll certainly be back again soon with another episode, maybe another more fun topic that we can talk about instead of the uh, economic realities of, of some of the things that we face from day to day. But nonetheless, enjoy the rest of your holiday, folks. Uh, get out, grill out, have fun with your friends and family, 
And as always, we'll see you down the road.